Hey everyone, welcome to the Echo Podcast. My name is Ryan Becker. It's my privilege to introduce you to today's guests. The first is John Daniel. John, I met back in 2014. He's a really good friend of mine um, and works with me on Engage Ministries at Southern. He is studying his master's in mental health counseling. And so really excited for him on his journey. The other is a really good friend of mine and actually a business partner of mine as well, Kevin Christensen. Kevin graduated from Southern around the same time that I did in 2015. Uh, He currently works as a producer, a scriptwriter, and an actor. And he also co-founded The Scratch News with me, which is an Adventist news source for um, all Seventh-day Adventists and keeping you up to date with Adventist news in five minutes or less. And so both of them bring unique and fresh perspectives to the topics we're talking about. And so I'm really excited for you to hear from them. So welcome to Echo. Let's get started. This episode of the Echo Podcast is sponsored by Southern Adventist University. I just want to say right off the bat, I don't see how this could go badly at all (laughs) between the three of us. Um, I... I think this is going to go swimmingly. Um, also, I'm bringing back swimmingly as a term <laughs> to describe things. Good, also, I think every 40s. one of your podcast episodes that I've ever been on starts with me giggling in the background before I ever talk. Yeah, good. So we're 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 <laughs> right. We're, we're being consistent. Start. Consistency yeah. is huge for me. So this is really important. Um, okay, so one of the things that is just a reality in Adventism is that. It is. It can be very hard to leave the Adventist system or bubble. Yeah. Um, th- like this is just a reality, right? If you, um, you know, if you go to an Adventist university, it's likely that most of the business or job connections tend to be in within Adventism or other Adventist institutions, whether that's healthcare, um, university work, teaching. Like it just easy. It's just way easier to stay in the system, and it just becomes this natural progression. Um, and the well, that that's good. Like it, it does. I think. I think to some degree, like that is a good thing. I think. It, it, I think it, it can be a good you. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like we take care of our own in a way. Exactly. But the difficulty is then that when we are outside of the bubble, <laughs> um, in in uh, quote the real world quote uh, end quote so to speak, um, that is not a shout out to any specific me- uh, MTV show. Um, <laughs> the and you're wilding out here. Uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> That can create problems for how we kind of interact with people. Mm-hmm. Um, it can add a lot of discomfort. It can add a lot of um, awkwardness. And it can be just we tend to err too much on the side of like one 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 unique trait. Not I don't know even know it's unique, but but Adventism is such a core part of Adventist identity, like mm-hmm. of, of the in- identity of Adventisms that we often don't know how to talk in terms outside of that identity. Yeah, um, I think a lot of times it's it's Adventist first, Christian second. Yeah, uh, I'm a I'm a X generation, you know, um, this and this is like this is the first part of who I am. Mm-hmm. And once again, nothing necessarily inherently uh, bad with with that being such a, a a significant part of your identity. I do think Christian first is important, obviously, but um, it only becomes bad when it when it actively or when it negatively disrupts any relationships or connections with people outside because the entire kind of point of Christianity is that we would talk to people 
outside of ourselves, <laughs> right? Um, churches for the people who aren't there yet. Um, and, oh. and so I want to talk a little bit about that, a little bit about your journeys um, and my own journey uh, in any situations that we've been outside of the bubble, whether that is we've left faith for a while, whether that's career, uh, whether that's school. I mean, it could literally be any of those, but what, what faith outside of religion and outside of our denomination looks like and um why it may not necessarily i mean maybe you do think it's a bad thing i don't know um i kevin i would hope not given the (laughs) the work that you specifically do um but yeah so so let's start with uh the easiest thing is whether it's now or in the past uh what was kind of a, a standout moment in your life where you were interacting with a lot of people that weren't from you know, your, your faith tradition, right? Um, and you can take a second to think about it, Kevin. I know that's like you ever since you graduated <laughs> and even before. Um, so, Kevin, let's just start with you. Um, well, I mean, okay, it's not like I don't ever spend time with people in the bubble. Like, I show up at You're church. You're sitting every... at a table with two yeah. other people <laughs> yeah, in the bubble. Yeah, so I'm glad to speak with you today. It's been a long time. <laughs> yeah. um, it's such a blessing. You apostate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, actually, one of the funny things was um, that that I realized was I would show up to Sabbath school um, on Sabbath morning, and my good Adventist friends were all at work, like for an Adventist hospital or for mm-hmm. an Adventist, you know, college, university, something like that. And I, you know, like the big warning before I left was like, you know, you may not want to leave the bubble because you're going to run into Sabbath issues. And I was like, but I'm the one here like <laughs> who, who has the the sabbath issues now you know and, and i understand you know we have we have our justifications we have our reasons you know okay well it's different you know if you're at a hospital you're serving and the whole example of you know your donkey falls into a well on sabbath you still help it out you're healing you're doing healing ministry but we start we start nitpicking and we start kind of um i feel like we start missing the point with some of that stuff for example like um you know oh well there's somebody who's who's spending all day um you know at a nurse's station in front of a computer screen talking to people checking them in as they come in that's okay that's deemed appropriate we all have like endorsed that the same person uh, or another person working for a hotel who is sitting in front of a computer screen checking people in as they come in all day that's not okay we well and and there's a lot of times where we just move the goalposts yeah right like Mm -hmm. that's um, and for some jobs, it's like like it can be a reality that that they are needed. And you could argue that almost any job is a service job <laughs> to some degree. Um, and um, it's not necessarily a bad thing that we make these exceptions, but rather the bad thing is when we constantly move the goalposts or at least mm-hmm. inconsistent in the application of them. Um, well, and and on that note, I think I think forgetting some of the some of the reasoning for it, like the reasoning for for not working on Sabbath, taking that time off, is it's a blessing for us. Mm-hmm. It's not a what can I do and what can't I do and what job do I take for that or not. It's, you know, taking that rest once a week. Um, and so I think sometimes we kind of miss the miss the yeah. the point for the for the details. Mm. Um but but that was a big that was a big thing that was like before before I kind of left the bubble was like you know, that's, that's a big reason to not leave the bubble is because you're going to run into that. And then I was like, yet here I am not dealing with that problem. And the the people that stayed in the bubble are. Yeah. Hmm. I think working for the Adventist church is the most that I have ever worked on a Sabbath and the least fulfilled that I have been Hmm. in my Sabbaths is when I was deaning at a, at an academy. Hmm. Like, 
<laughs> so you're Sabbath the parent to a bunch what? of yeah, right? Yeah, um, you're basically the parent uh, to to those kids. Yeah, and, forty teenage boys. Obviously, uh, that was restful in your in your, <laughs> in your early to mid twenties. Yeah, uh, that sounds like everything you would want it to be. Spent church taking away phones. You know, I wasn't really listening. Just like, hey, stop, stop no. doing that. <laughs> no, I there's there is a sense like one of the most beautiful parts of Adventism is the fact that it is so interconnected that 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 you can walk into a church pretty much in any part of an Adventist church in any part of the world and, and have kind of a similar worship experience to some degree. Maybe the style is different, but you know, we do have a if you know, a lot of churches use the exact same Sabbath school quarterly and are going through the same lessons. And so you could switch from church to church almost traveling or whatever and still be right where you left off. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really cool. The problem is when we get kind of lost in that or absorbed in that that we don't ever step out. Um, and and we're, we're like the Starbucks of Christianity. <laughs> no, absolutely, exactly. Um, to give to and and to give an example, like this actually recently happened, and um, this is a moment that I'm embarrassed by significantly. And it just happened a year ago. And I'm someone who tends to be kind of comfortable outside of the bubble and talking with people. And yet here was a moment where I totally flubbed it. So uh, we had a speaker from a non-Adventist speaker uh, coming to Southern. And I went with the person who booked them to the airport to pick this person up. Mm-hmm. And uh, this guy was a is a well-known speaker and artist uh, and musical artist. And during uh, during our drive back uh, from the airport, I, I kind of asked him, um, I was like, hey, would you have any interest in ever being a guest on on uh, a podcast, which he hosts his own and he uh, has been a guest on several. But But like, what is the... I asked him, like, what's the procedure for booking you? Because I wasn't going to try and take advantage of him while he was here. I just wanted to know what is the best way to book you for a podcast. And he told me, and I said, like, I just want to make sure, like, are you totally cool with, you know, being on an Adventist podcast and and whatever? He's like, man, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like, I don't, yeah. Like, what? Um, And it was just one of those moments where, like, my Adventism mattered to me more than it needed to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think we are. I think we are a little like I don't know, nervous about it because yeah. if you stay in the bubble so much, you you start getting this this uh, um, I don't know this like fear of the outside world that like we're going to be judged and you know and I mean part of that comes from some of the some of the language that we use where we talk about you know persecution and things like that and so you start getting this mindset of oh everything is you know people are going to persecute me and hate me because I'm Adventist and it's funny because my experience has been like the opposite like I've I've had conversations with everyone from um, actors to I think former Playboy Bunny who were like. Wow! Yeah, Sabbath. I actually know about that. That's a that's a really like uh, that's a really cool thing. Yeah, you take a day off once a week, and I was like, "You care about this? You're literally like the opposite <laughs> of everything that I've been like. Re- you know, you shouldn't know about this. This is for yeah. us. I should be telling you the <laughs> yeah. good news about this, <laughs> yeah, so you can change your life completely. <laughs> yeah, and it was like like I've run into the the most interesting people out there that you know, and, and and they react so positively when you start talking about it from a from a positive perspective. When you, when you look at what it's about and you're like, you know, okay, I'm taking a day off once a week and I'm, you know, I'm trying to eat healthier and it's more than just, um, you know, I, I diet and exercise. It's like, no, it's a, it's a, it's a mindset mm-hmm. and there's, there's something off when, like when you are, if you've, if you've ever had the experience where you're, it's Sabbath and you're having to do something that you're 
like you don't feel like that's what you should be doing on Sabbath. I don't even know how to explain it. You're just like, ah, like something's off. Like it just doesn't like you've been so wired for something. And so when you, when you look at it from the mindset, when you talk to people about, you know, Hey, it's a mindset. Like it's a, it's a taking a day off once a week. It's a rest. It's a relaxation recuperation. People are open to that and they're, and they respond very positively to it. I, uh, I've gotten a lot of conversations randomly recently, um, about the differences, differences between public school and growing up and going to an Adventist Academy. And one of the things, uh, there, there are two common themes that, I, that I've heard. Um, both tend to be in favor of the public school. Number one, I was warned that all these temptations for drugs and alcohol would come to me if I went to, uh, if I went to a public school. Uh, and then I ended up drinking and doing <laughs> drugs um, at Academy. Um, that was something that I heard. And there's a reason for that, and I'll explain it in a minute. So don't just take that as me harping on Academies. It's not what I'm doing at all. Um, but one of the other, the other things is, was, uh, friends of mine who've gone to a, who went to public school growing up, they said, yeah, actually my public school friends, like, and people from other backgrounds, they had no problems accepting that I couldn't go to the big game on Friday night. Mm-hmm. They were just like, oh yeah, no, this is Sabbath. Like, oh, why can't you go? It's Sabbath, man. Uh, you know, I just got to be home from the Sunday this time. And they're like, or, you know, I can't go out to events like this. And they're like, oh, all right, cool. Well, we'll miss you, but you know, cool. Like, do you. Um, where, where at Academy, there was oftentimes where that was the exact opposite and people would encourage you to do the thing against it. Mm. And let me be clear on why that is, because I don't think that this is the Academy's fault, but what I, this is a quick clarification and it's an aside, but it's really important so that no one takes (laughs) any of that out of context. Um, there are a lot of kids that grow up in a very, very strict household. There are a lot of kids that grow up in, uh, with Ellen White being bashed you know, over their heads. Um, there are a lot of people who uh, grew up with this kind of wrong, very legalistic picture of Adventism. And in your teenage years, when you want to define yourself and w- figure out what that means, there are a lot of kids that, and, and everyone does it in their own way, uh, but very much so there are a lot of kids that, that um, you know, you want to be different from the thing you've been your whole life. And so they have a harder time accepting when you when you say that you are going to honor the Sabbath or not do these things, um, and they go, man, you've been doing that your whole life. Like, do something different. Mm. Um, they have a different. There's a different context there, and it's coming from this place of trying to find your identity and grow into who you are and figure out who you are. And um, like, it, it it is not something that academies encourage. It's <laughs> not. But this is something like I need you to understand the heart of teenagers in that. Um, I'm not saying that everyone will have that experience. I didn't have that experience. I just told my friends, don't invite me to parties because <laughs> uh, I'm not going to go. Um, and they respected it. Like, that's the thing. I just drew a line in the sand. Um, but most most of the people I encountered never, that was never a thing. Um, but it was something that I've encountered more and more with people as they talk about and reminisce on their experiences was they found it really actually surprisingly easy for people outside of the bubble to respect their beliefs mm-hmm. and boundaries versus people inside the bubble. That was just a reality growing up. So I know I'm my friend, um, uh, Kevin, who's on, um, he's on pentatonics. He said one of the, one of the things that helped him be really accepted for, uh, for not doing stuff on Sabbath was, uh, because, because of the LGBT members of the group. And it was like, Hey, we're different and we're not generally accepted by society, but, um, you know, you respect us for that in the same way we recognize that you're going to do some things that are you and we're going to mm. respect you for that. So just just as we've been appreciative of you not judging us for the way that we live our life differently, we're not going to judge you for the way that you live your life 
differently. Now, there's a whole bunch of conversations you can get into yeah. on that, but but the basic principle being, you know, people do respect people that will live differently yeah. if they if they I think if they genuinely believe it. Mm-hmm. If it's like, no, this is where I stand on stuff, and I'm and I'm about this. Like people are a lot more accepting yeah. than I think we tend to think. I think it, a lot of times it depends on how you come at it too. Yeah. Like <laughs> in that case, it sounded like there was a, a mutual respect there and there was, you know, some, some empathy that had been built. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you just come in and you're like, I'm not going to do this because this is <laughs> how I'm, you know, yeah. then it probably changes the tone of that conversation a yeah. little bit. You know? Well, and there's this, you know, speaking of faith in the real world, so to speak, it's not that the Advent bubble isn't the real world, but, at the same time, everyone <laughs> understands what I'm saying when I say that. Yeah, so yeah. Um, it, it is a matter of not treating people as the other that we mm-hmm. that we are sometimes you know, taught or we teach ourselves to believe they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and coming in with that, that air of humility and not that air of you're wrong because you're living a life that isn't mine. Like one of the... One of the tragedies that I see in kind of uh, run and gun evangelism or guerrilla evangelism, as I like to call it, which is like, you know, handing out glow tracks or books on the street and literature on the street or door to door is like, because you never get to know the person. Like, I've been handed so many things. And like, by the time I get it, process what's happened and look back up, the person's gone. And I'm just like, man, if you if you took the time to get to know me, you would have known I'm already Good, like <laughs> not good, but like I'm already, I'm already, I got my and relationship. So humble with too. Yeah. Wow, yeah, wow. Um, yeah. Approaching with humility, you know. But like, I'm a, I'm a He's pastor. The most humble. Um, yeah, I'm the most humble pastor. Um, I'm the most pastory pastor. Um, but no, like I, I already have a relationship with Jesus. Like I, yeah. I've been through this. I know the literature you've given me. You just wasted money, <laughs> um, and you wasted a resource on me because you didn't get to know me and you just assumed that the person you saw that wasn't in your church building is somehow living a life that isn't right because they're not in your church building or because, um, and and that's what we're taught. We have to go out into the world and bring people to us. And, um, one of the biggest lessons that I've learned is I just want to get out in the world and meet people and, um, and get to know them and value them for who they are in the same way that God values them. Right. Um, and God doesn't ask people to change before he builds a relationship, you know, before that that relationship can start. And it should be the exact same on our end as well. Um, I, I think you're set up to fail when you leave the bubble and enter the world and um, go to people viewing them as a project. Mm-hmm. I think when when you go out to be a friend to people and you form relationships and and then it results with them asking you questions instead of you trying to i don't know almost i don't want to say a fake a friendship but do what you need to do to be friends long enough that you can then begin working on them as a project <laughs> that that never goes that never goes well in in yeah. any relationship i mean <laughs> you know you look at like dating relationships like you need mm. to be partners on things when you start viewing someone else as a project mm. It's a recipe for disaster, and I think it's no different with any friendships or or just even interacting with people, um, you know, in, in the public space. Are you saying that you're against the flirt to convert strategy? Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yes, Kevin, I'm really glad that you haven't noticed that I view you as a project yet. That's, that's good. That's, uh, that's good. It speaks to how well I, I've been able to hide it um, in our years of friendship. It's working. 
No, so let me let me. He ask. just gives me a microphone and lets me talk, and that's he's like, uh oh, he's fading off the deep end. You yeah. want to be on another podcast? Yes. <laughs> what? what uh... Let me preach at you. <laughs> yeah. What would you say is something that you have learned from a relationship that you've had with someone outside of the bubble? Not necessarily romantic, but obviously just any sort of built relationship, mm-hmm. friendship with someone outside of the bubble. And I'm happy to start, unless one of you has. I, I mean, I I have a, a conversation right. from go. I don't know, a couple of weeks ago or so. Um there was a there was there was an actress that had been on something I was producing and we stayed in touch ever since and and um you know I was encouraging her as she was getting on shows or booking other things and and we just you know kept dialoguing and um and she had called me up at one point and was like, "You know, I just kind of need some life advice and I hope this mm-hmm. isn't like weird for me to ask. and I was like no 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 not at all and we just we talked things through and we were talking about life and and just kind of how to how to you know how do you juggle going from a, a, an opportunity here to then nothingness to then another big opportunity to nothingness and and how you deal with that and and so we formed a relationship there we had a we had a friendship and we recently met up and we were talking about things and I, I don't even remember how this came up but something involving religion came up and um and she was asking about like, you know, well, what is kind of your theological perspective on it? And th- there was something in the conversation where I like started to hit th- the point where I was about to get on a soapbox and talk about something. And I was like, <laughs> well, y- like you probably don't want to hear my, th- you know, theological perspective on that. And she was like, no, I do. Like, I really do. And I was like, I mean, if you're asking, she's like, I am, I am, <laughs> I, asking. I am asking. And I was like, oh, well, okay then. And, and, you know, we went into it and and by the end of the conversation, she was like, wow, like I've man, my whole perspective on, on Christianity and, and just religion and everything is like, it's changed. And, and I was like, well, why? (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, and she was like, well, I I don't know. Like you never, you never came across as a Bible thumper. Um, you know, it it wasn't that you led with this. Like it, it, it got to the point where it was like, I want to know because I'm interested. You've, you know, the way that you've carried yourself with some of these kinds of things, like I'm curious. And, and as she opened up, she was explaining her experience with, um, being tossed around the foster care system and, and some of the guardians, I won't call them parents, the guardians that she had um, raising her were religious and they weren't, they weren't good. And so she associated it with that. She's like, clearly, because they were crazy, only crazy people go to religion. And so seeing, seeing someone who just wasn't crazy um well like demonstra- yeah well clearly she hadn't spent enough time with me yet but visibly uh you know like that that changing the perspective and and that's where i think um you know the way that we live our life like we don't have to walk out with a big i am a christian t-shirt or or walk out being you know like openly raising your arms to heaven to pray or something or it, it doesn't have to be big and bold i think just the way that you live your life if you're treating people like a christian because the way that she said it she said you know i just appreciate how you've been here for me you've never really asked anything of me you've just been supportive and she's like you're you're just a like i appreciate that you've been a good a good person uh i guess i guess a good christian and it was like the first time i'd ever heard and i was like well i feel because i will be honest i don't feel like <laughs> i don't feel like a good, i'm a bad venice very much a <laughs> like a bad venice through i don't feel like a good christian i feel like someone who is who is constantly messing up constantly failing but at the end of the day you know, I just, I, I strive to have the relationship with God and I just pray, you know, Hey, let me be a light in the world wherever that is. Cause I'm far from perfect, but let me be that. And, and the relationship that I saw there was, 
you know, you being a good Christian or you, you being just a nice person, not expecting something out of me. I guess I relate that with Christianity. Oh, that's what a good Christian looks like. Mm, huge. John, what about you? Well, before I get into that, that last part just reminded me of something that a friend of mine told me. Um, it was right when I was leaving um, deaning. It was it was in my last couple months as a dean, and um, I was struggling because I was I was applying for a job that was outside of the bubble, <laughs> and turns out my resume to other Adventists looks really good but like it does not translate outside of Adventism. <laughs> like when you tell people you're a Dean, they think you're like a lot smarter and have a master's degree than, you know, just gotcha. some guy who didn't even have a bachelor's degree and was hanging out with kids all the time. You know, it's, it's just kind of different. Um, but, um, my pastor took me aside and he was like, do you know, I'm actually jealous of you. I said, what? I'm like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Like, I don't even know what I'm doing in my life. And he said, I'm tired of being a light bulb in a light bulb factory. I'm ready to go be a light bulb where a light bulb is actually needed. Mm. And um, it's, it's really easy to be a light bulb in a light bulb factory. You know, it's easy to stay inside that bubble. But like, <laughs> that's that's not where you need to be Yeah, a lot of times. No, that's huge. Um yeah. You know, one of the one of the biggest things that I learned was actually from a friend of mine who completely left Adventism to this day. Not not at all even a Christian, just atheist. Um, but I were super close friends, mm -hmm. and he is someone who I've respected for years. And we used to have the arguments of me trying to bring him back, and you know, don't leave and whatever. Um, and then he used to be militant in his atheism and go, no, you should you shouldn't stay, like you should leave. <laughs> um, and it became this constant battle of you know disprove or prove um mm -hmm. god and finally our, it was finally when we got to the point that we respected each other not to or, you know enough to not do that anymore that that's when our friendship really began to grow from there and we were able to like he'll text me questions hey uh, you know i encountered someone talking about this bible verse the other day and i'm just curious what what is the adverse opinion on this or what is your opinion on this and um and i'll go to him when i when something happens in faith because i want his perspective on it because one of the things that i've really realized or learned is um this is going to sound obvious at first but like some of the stuff we do is really really cringy inside the bubble mm. like <laughs> like really really cringy <laughs> um and i didn't start i didn't really start to see those things until i started interacting with worldviews outside of adventism and what honestly like one of the greatest sources of that has legitimately been reddit um, for better or for worse, you have to be careful with that website for sure. Um, but just seeing how the things that Christianity does comes across, you know, often come across and don't get me wrong. I know like spiritual things are spiritually discerned, but like there are some things that don't need to be spiritually discerned to be, to be cringy or to be objectively bad. Um, and some of our efforts and initiatives are done out of the, the best intentions, but look weird and, um, to the outside. And it's really made me sensitive to, um, as Ty Gibson would put it, see, see ourselves through the eyes of an atheist. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really m helped me shape how I do ministry, um, how I interact in the bubble and out of the bubble is to um, understand. I almost see things from the atheist perspective before an atheist perspective. And part of that is just to check myself to make sure I'm doing, you know, one, one, one good example of this. Um, and this is not at all 
like I'm not harping on anyone necessarily and and I get this and I love that that, that we've done this but um like I love what it is um I just wish we had chosen a different initialism for it but uh the the admin is total mission involvement um the initialism for that which by the way the difference between an initialism is um is just initials an acronym is the word is when a word spells out something but initialism so this is an initialism and total mission involvement is tmi um and tmi is uh too much information uh it's like there's there's so we need to embrace tmi yeah we need to embrace tmi like it just comes across weird because the world outside of ourselves interacts with that initialism completely differently. <laughs> and um, so it's that like, I'm not criticizing total member, sorry, total member involvement. I said that wrong from the get go, um, but I'm not criticizing total member involvement as an idea or an in- initiative. I just wish we'd chosen a different <laughs> initialism for it. That's all. Um, but I love total member involvement. I love the idea of it. I love getting more uh, lay people involved in ministry and not just relying on pastors like so I'm not at all harping on Adventism here I just think there are times that we do things and we could do things a little bit more effectively but I think that that's it's funny because I think that that's the perfect example TMI because mm-hmm. when we're in our when we're in our bubble we see it, it's a lot of the Adventisty things we're like oh this makes sense I see it this way yeah this is something we need to embrace and the the same thing that we see as like so good for the world comes across a completely different way for the world when we're mm-hmm. there like yeah tmi what does it come across as too much information mm-hmm. it's it's there's like not enough um relationship there and it's too much just information mm-hmm. pouring out instead of let's form the relationship and and instead of trying to walk out with bullet points ready it's wait for the questions to come in mm-hmm. yeah. one of the biggest lessons i've learned in podcasting um, and it's recent, actually, just in general, across all the shows I've, I've started to do this now, um, is to not ask someone to tell me about themselves, but rather as the episode plays out, the audience gets to know you by your perspectives, by what you share, by stories that come out, by um, by the people you've interacted with, right? Like, and it's that's how relationships work. Um, yes, you can ask, tell me about yourself, but at the same time, you're going to get to know people based on your interactions with them over time and building that relationship, which is so huge. Um, so I do want to end on this kind of last uh, question, which is um, what's the first step that you would encourage someone to take to get out of the bubble a little bit, not to leave it. Like I'm not, we're not saying like leave Adventism, but like um, <laughs> what, what is the first step you would encourage someone to take? I know this is, that's, that's a, uh, that's a hard one. Oh, baby steps. Baby steps. So your first step maybe is a go, baby step. Yeah, maybe go hang out with somebody who has similar views. You know, go hang out with just other Christians. And you'll start to find yeah. that there are a lot of similarities. I remember when I first started um, hanging out with, with one of my friends, I was expecting, you know, there, there were three of us hanging out who were, at least grew up Adventist and then there was one person who was not is not Adventist and we were expecting to have these very different views on things very different perspectives and like the way that we were raised to be different Mm -hmm. and turns out nope like they went to church on Sunday we went to church on Saturday but both from or all four from very uh, Mm -hmm. conservative Christian homes and I was like oh you're experience is a lot like mine like <laughs> yep <laughs> that's really cool 
Um, yeah. That's awesome. Um, Kevin, what about you? Um, I think don't be a missionary. Be a friend. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, find find a place that you can go where you're going to be with people where you have similar interests. So if that's you know what I'm really into board games. Hey, find a find a ooh find a local bar <gasps> ooh downtown that has a game night. And you can and you yep. can go and hang out with people and you can play games. You don't and necessarily you don't have to drink. Right. You don't have they have they have soft drinks there <laughs> yes, too. And do. water. I'm you know, I know it's shocking, but No, uh, in high school I spent all of my time going to concert. I broke a rib crowd surfing my sophomore year of high school because I got dropped. Um, like but I encountered some of the most beautiful and just just beautiful personalities and people, um, some of the kindest people just just incredible the kind of people that i met that that are just just so different from one another it was it, it's just it amazes me i'm so grateful for that time even if it was spent making decisions that i probably shouldn't have been making <laughs> um just for the experience with people that i had um mm. that's huge so yeah i would i would encourage that as well so yeah, yeah. Find, finding something where you have something in in common like an interest if because whatever it is that you're passionate about mm-hmm. and you go and you find people that are also passionate about that you're you're there because you have a mutual interest in that same passion. You yep. know, for me, that's that's the world of like television and film. I'm really mm-hmm. passionate about storytelling. So being with other storytellers, being with other people that are doing that, it's really cool. And then in the in the course of conversation, because we already are there based on a mutual interest, we start to see, okay, what are these other things that mm-hmm. maybe you have a little different than me, but are intriguing? Yeah. And that's where the questions come about. There's um the baby step that I would that I would um, encourage people to take, or the first step I would encourage people to take, is identify the people that are already in your life that are outside of that bubble, um, and do something that you may not have ever done before, which is ask them about it. Like ask, at, like I have a best friend who is not a Christian at all, not any form of Christian. Um, her family is uh, Muslim. Hmm. Like, go to your Muslim friend. Go to any friend outside of Adventism, and just ask them. You, honestly, you could do this for Adventists too. Um, but ask them, like, hey, what? It, can you tell me a little bit about your beliefs and, like, you know, what your life is? You know, what was your childhood? The same way we ask other Adventists what your childhood was like. Like, ask them and care about their life. Mm-hmm. And what you may find is they may ask the same questions back. Um, turns out that caring about people instead of seeing them as projects makes them care about you too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I would encourage that. And I do think that that is 100% rooted in the way that Christ treated people. Mm-hmm. Um, Christ saw them as human first. In fact, the only time that he got angry in the Gospels is when people were being mistreated mm-hmm. by the system, by the institution, or or just by each other. But I, I think of the woman at the well where he talks to her about her life first. Now, he does it being Jesus. Um, he kind of tells her a little bit about her life and is able to talk with her that way. But the idea of bringing in a, a broader context into his connection with them, like that's huge. And and I do think that that is that is definitely rooted in, um, in I I think this idea of of really meeting people where they are they are at, um, and having a good time with them and just just building a relationship with them is one hundred percent rooted in Christ. And I would encourage too if if um, if a bar isn't necessarily like oh, I'm not like I'm not ready for that I you know I or I'm like not okay with that suggestion. Let that not be the um, one thing that people yeah. take out of this. No no no, that's what I'm saying. Kevin like, said go to a, a bar, bar. Like, no, <laughs> but no, 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 don't no. drink. I, this is, you're this you're is, no longer invited yeah, I know. on the podcast. <laughs> the you're out of the bubble. Um, you've been kicked out. Um, the shunning. Yeah. The what I would say is um, there's also gaming card 
you know, gaming shops where you can buy board games or card games or video games. I've gone to Super Smash Brothers tournaments like mm -hmm. locals in Chattanooga mm -hmm. before. Um, there are meetups on the meetup app that you could go to play tennis with people, uh, play soccer, basketball, like going to the gym. There are any number of ways that you can go somewhere and have common ground with the people that you're with and build relationships over mm -hmm. time. Um, you know, I was playing tennis at a place when I used to live in South Carolina. I was playing tennis at a place for months uh, with a weekly meetup group. And it was only after a couple, a few months of playing with them every week, sometimes twice a week, that I started to actually then make kind of individual, um, as the kids would say, play dates um, <laughs> with different people. Uh, <laughs> what what <laughs> kids say that? <laughs> what kid, as the kids' parents would say, play dates. Not all of us uh, were in the same not bubbles. Not all of us were in the same <laughs> bubble. Um, but like times where I'd make individual times to hang out and play tennis and, and have a good mm -hmm. time, right? Um, that's where those relationships were fostered. Then I moved away. <laughs> uh, but that's neither here nor there. But that, like, those are the steps that you can take of finding external common ground with the interests that you already have. Hiking groups, running groups, biking groups, um, diet and exercise groups, join a mm -hmm. cooking class. Join, like there's pottery class. Like there's so many things um, that you can do, especially if you're in an urban environment or in the suburbs. Like there's so many different things. A dog walking group. <laughs> Um, just weekend meetups. I mean, yeah, yeah absolutely. Just fun things that you find so, in common with other people. Yeah, or go to a bar. Um, <laughs> thank you, Kevin. A juice uh, bar. A, <laughs> um, thank you, Kevin. No, but we here's here's what I want to say to end this and, and close this out. Um, none of I I do hope that everyone understands that anything that we've said that make that does seem as a criticism to Adventism or or to the bubble. Um, we don't hate the bubble. We are a part of it and very much a product of it to some extent. Um, and there's a reason all three of us are still here. I'm a pastor. Um, Kevin and I work on projects together for the Adventist <laughs> church um, and are very, very invested in, in creating things that, that Adventists can engage in and, and find, you know, comfort and home in. Um, John, you work with me on a, on a huge ministry going to Adventist events and churches and like, there's no part of us that is denying our Adventist our identity. I think the thing that we're all encouraging here is that is not to let Adventism be the, the total sum of who you are mm -hmm. um, and to not think it has to be the total sum for everyone else around you um, and to just love people, which is mm -hmm. what we are called to do. So uh, Kevin and John, thank you guys so much for sharing your opinions and, and perspectives here. Thank you for the experiences that you have had uh, as well. And uh, to anyone listening, we hope that you found something that you can help with uh, and something that helps you uh, with your journey. And we hope that TMI. Uh, thank you, Kevin. <laughs> um, we hope that never let your friends on a podcast. Um, we hope that you never let your friends on a podcast. That is number one. But uh, we hope you found something you can resonate with. And if there is something in this episode that you, you know, didn't sit right with you or whatever, um, one of the things that we encourage is conversation. So feel free to reach out to us and um, let us know. Um, I'm always game for a conversation. Um, we'll just put Kevin's social media on blast for him and then um, <laughs> you can reach out to him personally. Um, but no, thank you for being on this journey with us. Uh, thank you for being patient with us as we navigate these conversations and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to Echo and for being on this journey with us. 
If you're watching on YouTube, we hope that you'll leave a comment, subscribe, hit that like button. If you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever podcasting app that you like the most, we hope that you'll hit that subscribe button, that you'll leave a review, and that you'll engage with us. And also for more content from Project Refresh that's like Echo and some of the other shows that we host, then head on over to theprojectrefresh.org. Thank you so much for your support. It means the world to us, and we'll see you next week. This episode of the Echo Podcast is sponsored by Southern Adventist University.